Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. I'm delighted to be joined this week by two recent event winners, Scott Marsh and Leonard Gates. First up is Scott, who came from 5-2 down to beat Connor Scott 6-5 and pick up the first ranking title of his career at the gold-graded British Open just over a week ago. With that win, Scott secured his debut at Lakeside in January and when we spoke we discussed what that means to him, his recent strong form and a lot more besides. I am now delighted to be joined by the 2021 British Open champion, Scott Marsh. Scott, how are you? Good, good thank you. How are you? I'm good thank you mate, good to have you on the show. Congratulations on your win at the British Open last weekend. A week on from that, how do you reflect on the win? Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. It's um, I was uh, obviously the, the excitement of it was. Uh, I'm still buzzing from it now. Um, but you know, I was straight back on the practice board on Monday, trying to trying to get this uh, at the Welsh Open this weekend. So you know need to move on and, and do well there absolutely well the win at the British Open qualifies you automatically for Lakeside in January yes. what will it yeah. mean to you to, to make your debut at Lakeside a, a lot a lot you know I've grown up watching that watching that competition um, you know watching the greats you know one of my favourites to watch was um, Richie Burnett as I was playing youth darts he was he was kind of the top man um, and to watch some of the great players that have played there, it'd just be amazing to get that experience myself. And um, yeah, yeah, and get, and get up there. I can't wait. And so the British Open, you came through a pretty tough semi-final with Mike Warburton five four, but then you had a three and a half hour wait until the men's final. How did you keep yourself sharp during that gap? It was tough. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, just just plenty of water. Sat down um, and I was just having a, a, a chat with a couple of mates that I was there with, just trying to relax really, and then just just trying to keep the arm going, just kind of replicating the tournament. You just going up, trying for sort of twenty minutes, coming to sit down, get plenty of fluids in me, just trying to relax, and then as the um, uh, as the uh, classic final, I believe that was on for Jim McEwen and Reese Hayden. As that went on, I was in the in the practice room at the back, just 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 trying to get back in form and um, keeping the arm loose, really. So but it was tough. It was a long wait. So in the final, you were five two down, mm-hmm. pulled it back to five all, and then a brilliant eleven data to win it. And of course, when that that winning double went in, you leapt off the stage, and it was obvious that. <laughs> You know how you were feeling, but talk me through the emotions when that winning double went in. Uh, obviously, you know it's, um, it, it's it's relief coming back from that that far back. You know, um, Connor had two darts to to win the the competition and beat me, but I, I withheld that. And, and obviously, that's a I'm just ecstatic. I've I've won it. I've won it with an eleven data. Um, I've qualified for Lakeside, so yes, yeah, so you know, ecstatic. That I've won it. Um, and I've turned around, seen my friends there. They've jumped up to the stage, and I've just couldn't help myself. I was just I had to be in with them, you know, just just celebrating. Um, yeah, just 
it was an amazing feeling. And did you manage to shake hands with Connor once you'd kind of jumped off and everything? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I I caught him as I, as I went back round. I went and shook his hand. Apologised, you know, for, for for running off. It was just everything. Just the uh, overwhelmed by the situation of, of winning. I shook his hand, said well played, and you know we went from there. Um, you know, one of the big things at the the British Open this year was that every game was on. Dark Connect, which is you know great to, to be able to look at, and I think looking at your games, one of the things that you notice is just how consistent you were. You averaged over eighty six in every game, eighty eight yeah. in three of them. Would you say that consistency is one of your biggest strengths? Yeah, over over the lockdown, I was I was fortunate enough to be involved with the Modus Home League. Um, so where where everyone wasn't playing, I was. Um, Against some great players as well, so that it kind of it, it made me put the effort in and practice, you know, because I I could have you know lockdowns here, I'm at home with the kids, you know, just leave the darts alone, but I didn't, and I, and I started a practice routine. Um, I chat to a, a very good friend of mine. He's he's a good motivation for me. We talk pretty much every day, um, and he's really pushed me to you know, believe in myself, believe in the practice, put the time in. Um, and yeah, and this, and the results are showing, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot more consistent than I was. I used to lose a lot of games, uh, missing doubles and messing about in legs. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, you know, without him, I probably wouldn't be as playing as, as, as well as consistent as I am now. Um, I've got a lot to thank him for. Um, so yeah, just practice makes perfect, I suppose. Um, yeah, we're putting in a lot of effort. I suppose now things are opening up again as well. You're having the opportunity to to play regularly. You were down in Selsey, then you're in Bridlington. You're at the Welsh this weekend, and yeah. you mentioned that you know just before we started recording, you've actually gone up to Manchester today to play in another event before going back down to to Prestatyn for the Welsh Open tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, you, you can't, you've got to keep active, um, and that's since starts has come, has really come back. I've been there's only been one weekend where I've not been playing, um, so I'm really, really trying to keep playing as much as I can. When I'm not playing, I'm at home, picking the darts up every day to practice. You know, it's, it's, it's the only way to get better isn't it you know and I'm enjoying playing now I'm playing well I'm enjoying it having kind of got that British title under your belt how much confidence did that give you walking into the Welsh Classic yesterday loads you know of course loads you know and there's and pretty much everyone you see is coming up well done you know so it's it's big everyone knows that you've won it as well and yeah it's, it's fantastic and Everyone I played, you know, said to me afterwards, like, well done. And so, yeah, it was it was big and it puts your opponents under a bit more pressure as well, which is obviously nice um, for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Looking back for you, how was it that you first got into darts? Because I, I think I've read before that it was through your family that you got into it. Yeah, um, my dad played. My dad used to play a lot. Um, like locally in Bromley area, um, so we was down down the social club quite a bit as kids, um, and I just kind of 
picked it up because he played. Um, you know, he'd be on a Saturday night. Not a lot else to do in there, and you know, I'd just be playing there. Started playing a few of the the regulars, um, and then I've I got involved with uh, Kent Youth at that time. Um, and, and another good friend of mine who I went to school with was playing for Kent Youth at the time, so we used to travel together and play together and, and join my first public team. I think I was 14. Um, I played for my mum's team. There was, it was a team of women in a men's league and, and, and me. So, yeah, I kind of played for years on and off and, and just taken it seriously the last sort of year and a half, really. Hmm. So I know you played a lot of soft tip as well. You played soft tip for England. So how did yeah. you kind of get into to that side of things? They, I was working up in London um, and they put some boards in. Um, this is like a lettuce up in London. And, and we finished early and, and I went in there just to... I'd heard they put them in there, fancied having a go. Um, and I met Scott McKenzie, who was over here working for Darts Live at the time. Just got chatting to him, played him a few games um and was uh, and was like all right at it you know I, I could i could play it quite well and um then he was invited to a tournament um in france in Vosges on the alps and um so we went over there and played that um me and my pair's partner tommy samuel and adrian gray went over there and soft it kind of Softip kept my interest in the game. I was I was losing a lot of interest in playing darts. Nearly stopped playing, and, and Softip rejuvenated me really in the enjoyment of the game. Uh, so we started going over there a lot. I've, I've met a lot of good friends over there. Yeah, I mean the Softip stuff gets a lot less exposure, I would think, over in the in the UK. So yeah. I mean, how do those big Softip events you've been to compare to to compared to the Steel Tip ones? Different. Softip's a different game. Um, Lots of snooker and pool, you know, it's, um, it, it, so it's a completely different game. It's a completely different crowd of people. Like people say soft tip is easy because the targets are bigger, but you're under more pressure because you've got to hit it because you know your opponent's gonna, not going to miss. So soft tip is more, I'd say, a game of miss, where still tip's a game of hit, if, if, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. You're currently your manufa- your darts are manufactured by Quantum Darts, and you were actually yep. the first player that they signed up, which must have been quite an honour for you that you know they were the, you were the one they chose. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan's a, Dan at Quantum is a really nice guy, um, and we get on really well. I met him at Soft Tip, um, the UK Championships or whatever they called it, um, which I won. Um, but I, I met him there. Um, Started chatting, got on with him, nice guy. And then he approached me and said, I'd like to start making you darts. Do you want to come on board? And kind of gone from there. And he, and he was really, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with the darts he's made me. They're, they're fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was good. He's nice over the, um, like the belief from, from other people that, that you're good enough. So, in terms of your equipment, kind of talk me through the you know the weight and the design that you're currently working with. So they're twenty two and a half grams, and they're based on 
my old darts, um, my original darts, which are old BMW, um, Mike Gregory darts. And they're based on his design, um, obviously with a few tweaks. Um, and I play with an Adagram. I just happen to have Adagrams, put them in. One day I played with them, won a competition, and now I can't throw them away. <laughs> it just balances the dart out nicely for the way I throw extra short stems and, and kite flights. I, I've just gone over to L-Style. Um, I've gone back to L-Style, I should say. Um, I've just re-signed with them. Um, and I use a, the, the back balance um, cap in, in the flight. And since I've used that, it, it's really levelled out my throw. It, it's, um, the darts flatten out nicely in the air, um, which, is, which has helped me a lot. Uh, their, their gear is, is fantastic. It holds up well. So talking of your gear and stuff, at the British Open on the stream, I noticed you were rocking the, the long-sleeve polo shirt in the final. Yeah. Yeah. Was that... Is that often? Do you normally go for the long sleeve ones? I like long sleeves. Um, where I can, I'll, I'll wear them. Obviously, TV stages or down at the Modus, you, you wear your dark shirt and that. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of a dark shirt. I like to kind of just blend into the background with a plainer shirt on. Um, when I'm playing tournaments, I like the long sleeves because some of these venues can be freezing cold. It was Welsh Open yesterday, the Welsh Classic, sorry. It was absolutely freezing in there, you know, and everyone's cold. And it's only me and Mark Bree have got long sleeves on. More players need to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of what does your schedule look like for the rest of the year as you kind of gear up for Lakeside in January? Busy practising. I've got mad mad English title next week against Daryl Fitton, um, which is back up here, which is uh, Rotherham. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm going to just do local competitions. I'm not going to go to Ireland now and I'm not going to go to Holland now for the World Open because because of the times at the minute um, and with the rates rising, I just don't think it's sensible to... Now I don't have to, to make the risk going abroad. I'm just going to keep it local, be sensible and just put a lot of, a lot of practice in. Uh, well, in theory, I'm going over to Ireland, so it would have been nice to, to meet you there, but I'm sure I'll catch up with you at Lakeside at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One more question. So, yeah. a little birdie told me that you've got tattoos on your feet. Um, so, what's the story there? Uh, how did you find that out? Um, yeah, um, I just, I, I quite like... I quite like tattoos. A friend of mine is a is a tattoo artist. Um, he's like he's like the old old school style, but with a bit of a weird twist. So um, yeah, you know, I like I like tattoos. I just when I'm at home or around, you know, I'm wearing flip flops or no no socks and that, and you can cover them up quite easily. So no one knows you got them, but you know. I do, and then when I'm around the house, it's nice to look at them. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Scott. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the the best of luck for the rest of the year, and hopefully see you at Lakeside in January. Thanks very much. Cheers. Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely see you at Lakeside. Cheers.
I hope you enjoyed that chat with Scott. He's a really nice guy and he's in a great run of form at the moment. As I mentioned during the interview, consistency, both of scoring and of finishing, is one of his biggest strengths. And he showed that again this past weekend in Prestatin, getting to the last 16 of the Welsh Classic and of the Welsh Open, as well as fitting in that competition in Manchester in the middle. The form he's showing right now and the standard he's playing to, he's definitely got the game to mix it with the rest of the top players in the field for Lakeside in January. And given what he was saying about doing local opens and the practice he's doing and talking to his mate, he's going to be match ready when Lakeside rolls around. So that makes him, for me, certainly a player to watch and a dark horse probably worth backing when the time comes to be putting a few bets on. Talking of the Lakeside, two more players secured their spots this past weekend at the Welsh Open, and they were Cameron Menzies and Kirsty Hutchinson. For Cameron, his 6-0 final win over James Hurrell secured him a return to the Homer World Darts for the first time in four years. He played at the 2018 event and lost 3-1 to Conan Whitehead in the last 32, the first round. It was also good to see James back in the final. Okay, his his standard dipped, but he played really well during the day. It was his second run to a quarterfinal or later of the year. Got to the quarterfinals of the England Open last month. And kind of interesting in a way, that 2018 tournament, James had to pull out through ill health. One Same one Cameron made his Lakeside debut at. So to see James kind of back on top form and playing well is great to see. And he's also playing some lovely darts for his county Gloucestershire this season as well. So I hopefully he can keep that up as we go towards the end of the year. Over in the ladies' competition, Kirsty Hutchinson will actually be making her, her Lakeside debut in what will be her second World Championship appearance. She played in the 2020 edition at the O2, but she's not played in a World Championship at Lakeside before. During the Welsh Open weekend, she actually played Beau Greaves in both finals. She lost the classic 5-2, but then came back just over an hour later to edge out the Open 5-4. It was a good game, the, the Open final. Two breaks to start off with before the next six legs went on throw. Kirsty eventually sealed it with a 15 data, and you could see when the winning double went in that the emotion in the face obviously meant a lot to her, and if she can kind of get up to the form she was showing just when she went into the O2, she's going to be a dangerous player. Obviously, the field for the, the, the Welsh Open looked a little bit different because it clashed with the, the women's series, but I also felt it made the tournament quite open. Uh, it was nice to see some different ladies get into the later stages. Stephanie Potter of Norfolk impressed me, getting to the semi-finals of the Welsh Open, and young Eleanor Cairns got to the, the quarterfinals as well, which was nice to see. Um... And also, I just want to say fair play to the likes of Lorraine Hyde and Natalie Gilbert, who managed to split their time at the weekend between Prestatin and the, the Women's Series. That's a, a lot of darts and a big commitment, but both of them played some good stuff over the course of the weekend and have been two of the most impressive players this season that maybe people hadn't heard of or hadn't heard that much of before this year. Final note on the ladies, it, it was great to see Bo back to form as well. She's been struggling with dartitis for a little while now and you could still kind of see some of it in the stream but she seems to be getting there and she seems to be playing back up to the level we all know she's capable of and hopefully she's battling through it because we all know what an immense talent she is. The men's Welsh Classic was won by Thibaut Tricol who seems to be finding another level 
right now. The Frenchman's playing so well. He averaged 90 or more in six of his eight games in Prestatin in, in the Classic. And I felt it said a lot that the only two legs Jim Williams won in the final came in a combined 23 darts. Thibaut's another to, to have already booked a spot at Lakeside after he won the Denmark Open. And he's going to be very, very hard to stop when the tournament comes around. On Twitter during the tournament, a kind of conversation arose. I put a poll up and stuff after a comment by a friend of the show, Sean McDonald, who said that he didn't want WDF events to have best of five games in the early rounds. And, you know, I think it's a valid comment and there's definitely a wider discussion to be had there. I personally would love longer games, especially in the knockout rounds. I'd like to see things kind of progress more. So maybe finals were a little bit longer um, because I think it tests players more. It prepares them for, for the biggest events of the year where the, the business end is all about deep, long games. And also, you know, Richard Ashdown's spoken before about the WDF being cognizant of the fact that they're going to be a stepping stone for, for players who want to go to the PDC. Well, those players, if they get on the Pro Tour, minimum best of 11. If you're kind of stepping it up towards best of 11 on a more regular basis those players are going to be more able to make that jump when the time comes for them. I mean, ultimately, it comes down, as kind of Scott Mitchell and a few others raised, it comes down to a question of resource. It's all about time and space. At the Dutch Open, for example, it just simply wouldn't be practical. Um, maybe at some others, like the England Open or the Welsh Open or the Scottish Open, as, as they do in Scotland, actually. Split it over two days, that might work out better. But obviously, the, the frustration is there for certain players that, you know, finals get delayed already for, for streaming in certain events and stuff. So it's an interesting conversation and I'd be interested to kind of hear any further thoughts you guys have on Twitter, Facebook. You know where to find me. Kind of back to the theme of Lakeside and one man eyeing up a debut at Lakeside next year is America's Leonard Gates. The Texan won the Virginia Beach Classic just over a week ago and played fantastically throughout the tournament. He averaged 102 in the final against Danny Lauby and hit a nine-darter in his quarter-final win over Larry Butler. I spoke to, to Leonard last week about that win, the level he's playing to at the moment, his plans for the rest of the year and his big mission to secure a tour card at Q School in 2022. I'm now delighted to be joined by the 2021 Virginia Beach Classic champion, Leonard Gates. Leonard, how are you? All right, how's it going? Good, thank you. Good. Congratulations on your win last weekend. It was your first on the the WDF tour in about eighteen months. So, was it good to be back in the winners' circle? Oh yeah, it, it, it feels it feels great to be back there. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, I'm just trying to catch all the tournaments that I possibly can catch and uh, keep it going from there. You played some fantastic stuff throughout the tournament. Uh, One hundred and two average in the final. And you hit a nine darter against Larry Butler in the quarterfinals. Was that the first nine darter you've hit in an active competition? Actually, it's it's the second one. Uh, the first one came with the uh, we do a DPFL online uh, home uh, uh, league or or if you want to call it competition. And I did my first one there, but uh, I was like, all right, I thought it was a fluke and everything. So uh, when I did this one, I was just like, oh yeah, I think I'm in a groove now. <laughs> <laughs> And after, I mean, obviously that that was in the middle of the game against Larry. So how did you kind of like compose yourself to finish it off and win? Well, I um, 
I told myself, uh, I think I was up on him three to one or four to one or something like that. And uh, I just said, okay, I've been shooting solid all all match, all match long. And I said, after I hit the nine dart, I, I told myself it's pretty much a wrap because I felt I felt the groove that I was in. And I said, the only way that um, he can top that if he, if he just shoots better than me. That's the only way. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you played fantastically. And that now puts you at the top of the WDF's regional American rankings. So, obviously, uh-huh. that would mean, in theory, you would qualify for Lakeside at the beginning of next year. Is that something you're aiming towards? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely that. Um, um, going, in, going into Virginia Beach... I kind of knew I was up there close to uh, uh, being able to qualify. So I said, right, I'm going to just play my game and, and see how it goes from there. But then I found out all the details after after the, uh, the tournament and this and that. And I was like, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I definitely look forward to going to Lakeside. In November, there's the Seacoast Open in Massachusetts. Are you planning to go to that one? Yes, yes. I'll be attending that one also. Nice. I know there's the the qualifier for the World Seniors Championship over in the UK, so I wasn't sure if you were going to make the trip over for that one. Um, I uh, a friend of mine, Danny Baggett, he had uh, mentioned it and asked me asked me about it, and uh, I just told him I said, "Man, let me know the dates and the times, and I'm definitely going to try to make that." Also, <laughs> <laughs> Virginia Beach, you obviously you won the title and played really well. On the CDC tour this year, you came second to Danny Lowby. No one on that tour won any more, won more legs than you this year. Do you feel the level you're playing at now is the best you've ever played? Oh, yes, definitely the best I've ever played. Um, it's, it's, it's a great feeling right now, and uh, I'm just mentally, I, I want to keep that feeling in my mind, and that way I can produce it to uh, the physical aspect of it and um, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome I mean the CDC tour everything that I'm doing up to this point right now it's just like I want to go further and keep doing what I can do in this game and to produce uh, uh, great numbers so looking back for you then how did you originally get into darts man oh my god it was uh, 1994 and um, it was it, it, I saw some buddies of mine playing the game and I was, you know, I walked over and asked them, hey, man, what are y'all doing? They said, I was just playing darts. I'm like, darts? Don't nobody play darts. And I saw how they were doing. I said, all right, let me try it. Once I, once I threw the first dart, I couldn't stop. I mean, they had to kick me out the club. They said, you got to go. I mean, the club's closed. And I was like, no, no, I want to play some more. I want to play some more. And it just it just continued from there. <laughs> mm. So you're, you're based in Texas, right? Is that where you've always been? Yes, well, well, I was born and grew up a little bit in California, but then my mom, we moved, everybody, we moved back to Texas, and I grew up there in Texas. So yeah, basically, majority of Texas. So what is the dart scene like in, in Texas? Oh, it's huge down uh, down in Texas. The soft tip, the the the, the steel tip is coming along, but it's more soft tip down there. So so with that, it's 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 it's, it's always an avenue where you can play darts. You know, so if if steel tip isn't going on, I'm playing soft tip. If soft tip isn't going on, I'm playing steel tip. So, but you know, when I practice, I like to practice on the steel tip board. You mentioned there soft tips big where you are, and I know you play a lot of soft tip stuff. So, was it soft tip you first started playing, or did you start with steel? Uh, technically steel tip because me and my brother. We, we were, you know, going home from school and we happened to find an old woody dart 
And and everywhere we went, we threw that one dart, that everything, a tree, a, a wooden pole, and this and that. But as far as competitive and playing in, in leagues and, and, and competitions, it started off with soft tip. You were recently playing at the, the Phoenix Open down in Las Vegas, I believe, and then you were over playing in Virginia Beach. Do you find it difficult switching between soft tip to steel tip and then back again? I personally don't. I mean, it's 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 just a matter of, of getting yourself there early enough to where you can prepare to what, what event and what style of darts you're getting ready to shoot. Uh, soft or still, I love it. I love going back and forth like that. But if, if you give me one that's consistently week in and week out and played, oh man, I'm just going to get better at that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I try to practice, but I'm no good. So, you know. Uh, but I mean, how do those yeah. big soft tip competitions compare to the big steel tip ones? Um, the, it, actually, the, the, the steel tip is... is more competitive. Uh, soft tip is more of a good time for everybody. Uh, and this now, for me, as as I what I do is I just take it as, as, as being both of them are serious when I go play because I want to better myself and uh, be the best that I can be and and competing against guys across the country. The first kind of big BDO WDF title for you was 2012 when you won the the Houston Open. Did that at the time feel like a big breakthrough moment for you? Actually, in 2012, I was I was still new at the at the whole uh, BDO WDF thing and that. I was just there to win it, you know. Just like, oh man, out of all these guys, 200 something guys, I came in first. That was my that was my goal. <laughs> I really I really didn't recognize the uh, the, the point system or, or how everything worked. So you were just kind of going in, no no worries, no pressure. You just wanted to go out and be the best you could be. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> And I kind of, I kind of take that uh, 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 in my repertoire now. You know, I, mean? I just let's go and be, play the best, be the best, and uh, see if you can come out on top. So, I mean, the CDC tour came in a few years ago in the US, and you've been a, a big part of that. Played in the Continental Cup, played, you know, in, in you know World Series and that kind of thing. So, how much do you think that has improved, you know, your standard, but also just generally the standard in America over the last few years? Definitely improve my standard uh, and also the standard here in America because uh, it's, 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 it's definitely on a bigger and more serious stage and, and you, you, your focus is there. Your focus, you know, going into that day or that competition, you have to be on your game because from, from the start to finish, they're going to give you their best and I want to try to give them my best. So, yeah, definitely it, it has improved my game greatly. Before you were playing dart, seriously, your background is in baseball, right? Yes, yes, definitely in baseball. Okay, so I mean, what what kind of level were you playing to in baseball? And what what position were you playing in? Uh, I I finished off in the minor leagues uh, at a double A level, and uh, I actually was a pitcher. So, I mean, I, I was a hitter that that threw the ball hard. So they decided to make me a pitcher, and I was like, all right, we can go with that too. You know, I just wanted to play the game. <laughs> kind of when did the the baseball time come to an end for you then in 2000 yeah in the 2000 2001 i decided i was just like well you know what um it's a lot of traveling and stuff going on this and that and uh you know they constantly make it moves in the game so i was just like all right let me let me just step uh, put that aside and, and, and start getting into something else i noticed that you know from your time playing baseball there's a trading card with you on it, which I suppose is a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was uh, 
that was that was down there in uh, uh, one of these leagues we had down here in Texas back in the days, and they said, hey, we're going to put out these cards because, you know, they, they thought the league was going to be real big and everything. So I thought that was awesome, man. And I, I still have one of myself also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your your nickname is Soldier. So do I take it from that that you, you have a military background? Actually, I don't. Um, I, I played in the league in San Antonio. And one day I was, I was you know, I was going to go home from work, change, and then go to the league and play. Well, the traffic was so bad that I had to go straight from work to uh, play league. And I was in my work clothes, you know, I had my work boots on, my, my work skivvies and everything. And, and I walked in and, and my teammates was like, man, uh, you look like a soldier walking in here. And it just started from there. I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. All right, I'm tired. I'm dirty. I will, let's get this over so I can go home. So we go back the next week and uh, it was just pretty much the same thing. They just kept calling me soldier. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stick with it. nice one so what does the schedule look like for you for the rest of the year what sort of events are you going to be hitting um for the next nine to eight weeks there's going to be tournaments uh uh the next three are going to be uh steel tip tournaments then it's going to be a soft tip after that another steel tournament all the way until the middle of december i'm just going to keep it going until if they have something that can fill those gaps in uh for the end of December, I'll play those. But, you know, everybody want to take off for the uh, holidays, you know. So, I mean, in terms of traveling, I mean, America's an enormous country. How easy or difficult is it for you to travel, you know, from Texas to, to different opens and stuff? It's, it's, it's really not that difficult, you know, because, uh, you know, I play uh, I, I, my traveling. It's not, not you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't affect anything, you know. You we talked about how well you're playing now, and if things keep going as they're going, you you might end up at Lakeside in January. But for you, what kind of goals do you have in darts? What are the things you want to achieve? First, like and foremost, in, 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 in the uh, forefront is you know in January I will be returning to Q school to try to acquire my Q card. Um, playing on the Lakeside that that's a plus for me. But uh, my my ultimate goal is to get that Q card and go on tour over there to see to see if I can match up with those guys over there and doing what they do. Yeah. That is the ultimate goal for me and and, and playing in this uh, skill team. You mentioned your friends with Danny Baggish, seeing what Matt Campbell's been able to do over here as well. Obviously, that must give you confidence that you're able to compete with those guys. That you know you can do the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. Yeah, definitely that, because uh, it was kind of a thing that me and Danny talked about to say who's going to be the first one to get uh, our tour card and this and that. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for Matt Camel and the North American players. I said, all right, that's two down. They got they got me, my, myself, Danny Lobby to go and uh, to see if we can get ours, you know, and uh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome if I can acquire mine and get over there and say, hey, guys, I'm joining the club now. <laughs> Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Leonard. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck for the rest of this year and then obviously Q School and Lakeside possibly next year. All righty. Thank you for having me. It was great chatting to Leonard. He's so jolly and, you know, his enthusiasm throughout our chat was just completely infectious. Thank you to, to both Leonard and to Scott for their time on this week's show. And thank you guys so much for listening. Your support, as always, is greatly appreciated. The WDF Tour rolls on this weekend with the Hungarian Classic and the Hungarian Masters. One of them's a silver event, one of them's a bronze. 
So no automatic lakeside qualifiers this weekend, but they'll certainly shake up the status of the Eastern European ranking tables. And on the note of ranking tables, the latest kind of race to lakeside update was put out earlier today by our friends at the Weekly Darts Cast on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. So I'd encourage you to, to kind of have a look at those. My Welsh Open report will be up soon on the, the WDF website. I will be back next week with another episode with three more recent event winners. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF, and you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.